Welcome back, everybody. This is John Cranham with the Go To Dentist Podcast. We are really excited to have you back. I've uh, got a special, special guest today, and we'll get to that in a second. But before we do, just want to uh, revisit with my partners in crime here a little bit. So, David, where are you? What you doing? How are you? Morning, gents. I'm in St. Pete, Florida. It's going well. You know, fun Fridays lead to more fun Saturday mornings. So happy to be here. How are you guys doing? <laughs> We're doing good. Pio, how about yourself? Oh, man, good. I got woken up this morning by our son who uh, peed on the carpet. So that, that, was, that was good times. <laughs> and Hope, now hopefully I have to go build a desk a, for my... Hopefully he's not a teenager. <laughs> no, he's not. He's, he's three, thankfully. So we'll, we'll, we'll let it pass because he's three. He's three. <laughs> That's, but everything up here in Canada is good. It's all good. Yeah, I'm at at the uh, at the lake at Smith Mount Lake, and we've got the just some of the bands of Laura going by us. But there's a big high pressure system behind it, so we should have a, a really nice later part of the day. So, but it's peaceful morning, and I'm I love doing starting my Saturdays this way, something positive, and seeing you guys and getting a chance to meet a new friend. So, Pio, why don't you take it away and introduce our guest and kick off the first question, and we'll get rolling. Yeah, I'm really, really excited. I mean, I, I, you know, a lot of good things came out of COVID and, and one of the best things for me was being able to meet our next guest. Uh, so our, our next guest, his name is Dr. Hisham Shurgren and, and he uh, contacted me during COVID to ask to do a webinar and I didn't know anything about him. And, you know, incredibly generous, humble guy, you know, I was almost going to open up, uh, open up one day to see patients and he was going to bring down whole bunch of uh, you know PPE to help me out and drive an hour out of his way and then I turn out and find out all these amazing things about him so I mean just a brief file about him uh, uh, Hisham graduated from University of Detroit Mercy in 2011 uh, where he was named to Dean's List uh, then he create, completed an AGD program at St. John's Province Health System in Detroit Michigan uh, recipient of several awards where he has school where he was also the class vice president uh, he owns and operates multiple practices in in Ontario and how he's done it's incredible and we'll get into that. Um, he's also the founder and president of Amity Dental Management and co-founder of Amity Technologies and the Dentistry Academy. Um, he's an active member of several study clubs in, in the London area which is a, a city in Ontario. Uh, he's, he's currently too doing an MBA at one of the top schools in Canada at, at University of Western. Um, and in his spare time, loves to, you know, we'll get into that too with his balance, but uh, he, he does a lot of things, including uh, mixed martial arts and uh, hanging out with his family and friends. Uh, Hisham, I'm super honored and excited to have you on, buddy. Um, so just, uh, you know, just to get started, like, just tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, how you got to uh, where you are currently at in, uh, in uh, your profession right now. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for having me, uh, John. David and Pio, wherever I've been listening to your podcast and I've truly enjoyed them as well. So thank you so much. Um, as Pio mentioned, uh, my name is Hisham Shurgan. I, uh, I, I reside in uh, London, Ontario, Canada. Um, I, I come from a, a family of physicians and um, I currently, as Pio mentioned, own and operate uh, numerous practices in and around Ontario. And, uh, you know, I personally am just, um, I'm just one of those guys that's just in love with the profession. You know, I eat, sleep, breathe dentistry. I'm sure all of you guys can relate. Everything that I do, I'm always thinking, how can this be related to our industry? And, you know, that's, that's kind of how it all started. It's, uh, you know, I, I fell in love with it. My dad, I really wanted to, to, to take the medical school route when I was an undergrad. Uh, you know, but my dad was uh, sharp enough to, to, to recognize that, you know what, maybe medicine is not the right one for me. He told me, you know, check out dentistry because it has that good balance of, you know, business, healthcare. Also, you get to work with your hands. I'm a, I'm a very craftsy guy as well. I'm, I'm one of those guys that's always walking around with uh, multiple multi-tools strapped to my, uh, to my hip. So, uh, you know, he said, you know, try out dentistry. So I checked it out and I, I didn't look back ever since. I, I, I would, you know, I was in love with it. I took my board exams, uh, got into uh, several schools. John, I was uh, I was telling Pio that uh, Virginia Commonwealth VCU was oh. was the top school that I wanted to go to. And How about uh, that? Uh, yeah, one of my uh, mentors, uh, Dr. Uh, Abu Bakr Omar, in the oral surgery department over there, uh, he was a guy that uh, that I looked up to in so many different ways. And 
I really, really wanted to go over there in Richmond. Uh, however, Detroit just came and gave me an offer that I couldn't say no to. Um, after that, uh, I went to the University of Detroit, as Gil mentioned. I, I did an AEGD at uh, St. John's Providence in, uh, in Detroit, Michigan. And then from there, uh, I, I, I'm local to Windsor, Ontario, so I wanted to really leave, leave city. And London, Ontario was a great home for me, just because it's uh, you know, far enough for me to do my own thing, but close enough for me to uh, you know, go visit my family on uh, my mom's birthday, like today, for example, and uh, spend some time with them for the weekend. So, uh, so that's basically me in a nutshell. How about, how about like wife, kids? Well, tell us a little bit about yeah. you personally. Yeah, so this is what a lot of people say too. Do you have any kids? I say no. So I think David, you, you got you can relate to this too, right? So I just got a, I have a girlfriend and a dog. So uh, that's probably why I still have a lot of energy and uh, I'm still able to move around so much. Uh, uh, I know uh, Pio, I, I have a very similar story, but uh, my 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 two year old dog just peed on the carpet this morning too. So. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and she's also in the uh, industry as well. She's uh, she's a dental hygienist, so. You know, oh, when, I, when I'm working late and when we're driving around going to different offices, she, you know, she, she gets it and she understands. And I think, uh, I think that's been a huge part of the success as well as that having, um, you know, people from the personal side, you know, your girl, my girlfriend, you know, your friends, your family members that, that are your supporting cast, right? That will be part of your, your growth and that'll help, you know, push you and motivate you to where you want to go. Absolutely. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, it works, doesn't it? Absolutely. I love, love it. All right. So I wish I had a pee on the carpet story for you this morning, but uh, it's been a few years since I was in fraternity. No. <laughs> That's awesome. So listen, I, I love learning more about, you know, your, your practice world and all the other things that, that you really are involved in. So tell us a little bit more about like your, your, your business and your practices as, as well as, you know, what stretches beyond the dental practice itself, because you do so many things so well. Absolutely. So when I when I started working in uh, in London, I, I joined a a guy by the name of Rick Merritt, and may he rest in peace. He passed away a few years ago, and uh, Dr. Merritt he owned about owned and operated seven practices um, in the in the London area and a couple of practices in the periphery as well. And he was in his seventies, and he was literally every day going from practice to practice, and you know trying his best to you know help out doctors, offer some mentorship, offer quality care for them, uh, for, for the practices that, that he worked at. So that's where I really caught the bug of owning multiple practices. And um, I ended up buying one of his practices. And uh, at that point, myself and my partner at the time, uh, Dr. Mike Rondinelli, we just, you know, I'm a firm believer in, in the concept of steel sharpening steel, right? If you have individuals around you that are like-minded, that are, that are also looking to grow and open up multiple practices, on a daily basis, we'd be talking about, you know, how to, you know, innovate the industry, how to grow, how to look at practices, how to check out open houses and, you know, look at appraisals and all these other different things. So um, long story short, uh, I, we decided to acquire more practices, do some startups. Um, my passion in dentistry has always been the surgical realm, you know, dental implants, you know, third, uh, you know, wisdom teeth. Uh, third molar extractions, um, different type of graft, grafting procedures. And what I enjoyed doing was not just staying put in one office. I enjoyed traveling from office to office and, you know, getting to meet different people, spending time with them uh, and offering what I can do to help these practices achieve their objective, which is offering quality care um, to their communities, right? And at the same time, after a while, it, it turned into more of a mentorship where I would go in and mentor um, a lot of these young individuals and help them up with help them out with cases. And it just continued to grow, guys. It was uh, one of the things where um, it was, we became an attractive destination for some of the top and brightest minds out that are graduating from, uh, from the dental programs here in Canada and, and Detroit. And then from there, um, you know, we continued to grow and uh, open up more practices. And the, the unique thing that we did here was we, we offered a lot of our, of our associates the opportunity to grow with us, right? It wasn't uh, the traditional DSO model where you come in, you work for a couple of years, and then you go and 
buy your own practice and you know you do your own thing a lot of these individuals i look at as brothers and sisters and and, and we really took the the, the we, we made the effort to, to grow together right and at the time you know there, there was a little bit of financial losses that i took to get these guys into the game but it was the best thing that i've ever done because you know now i have people that I consider brothers and sisters that are that are with me solving these problems on a day-to-day -day basis. And the most important thing on it every day that we, we, we show up to work is how can we go ahead and service our patients and how can we offer them quality care that is comparable to anywhere else in, in the top facilities on the planet. And at the same time, how do we continue to innovate not just our, our skill set, but how do we innovate the entire industry so we can offer that type of quality care and continue to kind of push things uh, forward and push things in the right direction. So that's where uh, I went ahead and decided to uh, to open up a management company because we recognize that uh, dentists were very good at, at what we do. But when it comes to things from the administrative world, there's just a lot of gaps. Um, and the management company, what we basically do is offer just the support to our, 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 our partners or our, our dental offices. And that continued to grow. And now we have, uh, I think, close to 15 employees, you know, from a CFO, COO. You know, we have an entire HR department, financial department, marketing department. And, you know, that's what their goal is. Their goal is to make sure that every dentist is operating and working in an environment where they can perform at their optimal best and to continue to do what they enjoy doing. And it's not just dentistry. So we have some dentists that like to grow, that like to acquire practices, that like to build practices, uh, you know, that like the management aspect of things. And our goal is to continue to put them in these kind of opportunities where they can enjoy what they're doing. And at the same time, make sure that we stay true to our core, our core competence and that's to do no harm and to offer world-class uh, services to all of our facilities. That's incredible. I like, I like that. Um, so I guess my question, and, and you've answered some of it because you talked a little bit about sort of the, the, your early mentor there, but I'm going to tweak the question a little bit. When you were working with your early mentor who had some of the group practices, I'm sure there were some things that you copied right? There's some things, principles that you saw that you copied, but I'm sure you maybe saw in some experience some things that you wanted to do different, right? And I mean, I think about that with like my own dad. I mean, I learned some things from my dad, but uh, there's some things that I parent directly opposite of what my dad did. <laughs> because, <laughs> so, so, so I think with, it's important, right? With mentors, you learn things you want to emulate, but you also have to recognize everybody's not perfect. So maybe talk a little bit, like what was, what was that early experience like? And what were some of the things that you took away from that you said, you know, I'm going to make sure when there's a dentist on the other side of this, that they don't have, they don't feel this. Does that make sense? What I'm asking? Without a doubt, and I, I know exactly what you what, what you mean there. So I'm going to preface this by saying that I learned so much from from Dr. Merritt and his organization, and without that, I wouldn't be where I am at today. But without a doubt, when when I was there, there were a lot of things that I wanted to do differently. A lot of things that I didn't like. Um, There's a lot of things that I did that I did like, and I understood that that took. Dr. Merritt and his team about 40 years to get to where they're at at that at that point in time. Um, but once we went ahead and opened up our own uh, management company, a lot of the foundations of the things that we did we did like we went ahead and adapted to a point where um, when he passed away, every one of his practices basically got sold off or cut up individually um, to different dentists. The entire admin team that, that he had within his organization, I would probably say 65 to 70% of them, I currently work with on a day-to-day -day basis today. So um, that was an amazing opportunity for me because they also get it. They understood what worked in the past and what didn't work in the past. And when I can kind of bring up an example of the things in the past that, that we've tried when we're, the, the company was called Dub Dental. When we were with Dub Dental, they can relate right away. and it helped us grow a lot quicker as well because we've kind of seen the mistakes that were done. But without a doubt, you get to recognize the things that were done incorrectly uh, to a certain degree or things that I didn't agree with. And then we were able to kind of mold things a little bit differently to, to put us in an opportunity where, you know, we don't repeat the same mistakes that were done uh, under that organization or that banner. Did that answer your question, John? I'd love an example. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a perfect. The, I think the, the most important thing was how they treated um, employees, okay. right? And keep in mind that I came to the tail end of the, 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 the cycle of the, this organization. So I, I can't say that this is how they were during you know, the entire 40 years that this organization was, was operating. But their, 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 their vision and their practice philosophy was never, wasn't just geared, it wasn't geared as much as we would have liked to see in around patient care. And it also wasn't geared around employee care, right? Where we found that the way that the, some of our employees were treated at the time um, was just not something that, uh, that, I, that I really liked. For example, they really had a hard time, you know, motivating staff to, to perform well, motivating staff to do um, good quality dentistry, um, motivating the dentist to do good quality dentistry, because to them it was all about how do we you know, be as profitable as possible? How do we cut corners? When you ask for this product, you got kind of the knockoff version of it. Um, you know, when, when uh, assistants or staff members are, are doing very well, they never got recognized or praised. But when they did something wrong, it was always they got, they got a nice slap on the wrist and they got punished for it. And you know, to me, that's, that was the hardest part for me. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. So we did a startup and that's where I first started working. Um, and it was a hard, it was, it, they opened up this location in a, in a rough area in, in London, Ontario. And a, a lot of it was government subsidized programs. And from within a year, we were able to build this office from zero to do about $120,000 a month. Right. And it was at this point, a huge accomplishment for, for every one of us. Our team was very happy, very motivated. And the, the, the owners at the time have never come into the office, right? So I went up to the, uh, the owner and I, the owner's wife, who was, who was the head of the operations, and I asked her, hey, why don't you come in and, you know, praise your team, praise your staff, you know, thank them, reward them. I've been taking care of a lot of lunches and taking them out for dinners and everything like that. But, you know, it, it's amazing what we've accomplished in such a short time with the resources that were given to us. And, and I kid you not, John, she went in that one day and I think she just, she did some audits and then she recognized that, you know, one thing in the audit was missed by one of our hygienists. Oh my God. So she all of a sudden just absolutely lose it on this hygienist. She brings the hygienist in and she says, what are you doing? I can't believe you missed this. I've heard great things about you, but I don't think that those are all true and all these other different things. So all of a sudden, we went from being on such a high, we, had, we were riding such incredible momentum to my staff coming up to me saying, well, what, what's the point of us doing this? Why, why, are we even, why are we even working hard for these people? Because they clearly don't care about how we're performing. So, so to me, that was a huge learning opportunity to say, you know, always recognize the people around you, always praise them. You know, mistakes happen, right? And you need to develop a culture where it's okay to make mistakes as long as they don't happen often or happen even happen again, but talk about it. Why did this happen? Because if, if you have people around you that care, every mistake, they're already going to be super hard on themselves when they make it, right? So sitting down with them and having those conversations, keeping them engaged, keeping them motivated, keeping them happy within their practice, in my opinion, is, is one of the biggest, uh, biggest gems as a practice owner any, or any type of business owner that you should always be mindful of. Because if you take care of your staff, your staff are taking care of your patients, right? So a lot of times, as you guys all know, you know, these are the individuals that are, you know, they have conversations and relationships with patients a lot more than you guys do, right? As, 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 as dentists. So, you know, when, when, before you come in, the way that they talk about you and when, when you leave the way that they talk about you and when they're out and they're doing social activities or talking to their friends and loved ones, um, you know, how are they representing you outside of the practice? Those are all things that are very important and they're pivotal in the growth and development uh, of, of you and your entire organization. Love that. Incredible, man. Incredible. I, you know what? I just, I, I'm going to ask you, before I ask you this one question, uh, Hisham, I just want you to, can you just briefly talk about, you have calibration meetings with each, because you have over 100 employees, correct? I think it's, we're, we're it's gonna get, over 100. P.O., we're going to get there. We're going to get to that. Yeah. One. So don't <laughs> okay. jump, okay. To stay on track okay. here, brother. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> well, you know, okay. So what, what we'll do here, but I mean, I'm just going to ask you then about, I mean, we're big part of this podcast is about, you know, uh, balance. Okay. And I learned this so much from John and, you know, 
you have so many commitments between all your practices, uh, your management companies, your tech company, and you're doing an MBA. So how do you manage your time, uh, buddy? How do you do everything you do at such a high level, but also maintain uh, your sanity? <laughs> you, you know, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't say that us as dentists, we're taught to be micromanagers, right? And, you know, you look at even within our practices, we want to have our hands in everything. We want to know what does the treatment plan look like? You know, who's booking these patients? You know, what is, you know, who's putting the invoice in or who's putting the notes in and all these other different things. So it is a very natural thing for us to always want to have kind of our, our, our hands on the steering wheel. Right. Right? Control, but if control. You look at, yeah, <laughs> we're control freaks. But if you look at the biggest entrepreneurs in the world, you look at the biggest companies in the world, they weren't designed by individuals who are micromanagers the way that dentists are. You know, if you, if you talk to uh, um, uh, Sir Richard Branson from, from Virgin Galactic, right, or from, uh, from the Virgin Empire that he created, and, he, and you ask him what's his secret to his success, and he's going to say delegation right? But delegating to the right individuals, right? It's not about just passing on a high level item that needs to be uh, meticulously taken care of or addressed to one of your, your, your lowest employees or one of your newest hires, right? It's making sure that you build a foundation of people around you that are capable of handling and handing and you handing off these responsibilities to. I'm not growing because all this growth is not happening because of me. It's all happening because of the team that's sur that I'm surrounded myself with by, you know, and that's just not the dental world, right? You have, you know, people within your financial realm that are constantly guiding you, you know, and helping you navigate through a lot of the financial hurdles that you're going to be running into. I have people in the, the business realm that, you know, from CFOs and CEOs of, you know, multi-billion dollar organizations within my, my ID community that help me navigate through some very tough and challenging um, dilemmas that I might be going through all the way to my general manager, to my CFO, to my managers, to my assistants. So it's all about how do you pass on these responsibilities to and making sure that the people around you truly care about your growth and care about what you're doing and vice versa. And you care about theirs, right? And, right. you know, find, finding the balance is not, uh, it's not just towards dental, as we mentioned. Like I look at, um, we can use kind of mixed martial arts as an example as well. So uh, a couple of my trainers, uh, I'm very big on the UFC. So I'm always going to use uh, a couple of UFC um, analogies. Uh, and, and so a couple of my trainers are, you know, current and former UFC fighters, right? And, and to us, I look, at, I look at my training regimen just the way that I look at dentistry, right? The UFC, as you guys know, it's not just, it's not a one discipline kind of profession or skill set, right? You have to learn your stand-up, you have to learn your Muay Thai, you have to learn your Jiu-Jitsu, you have to learn how to grapple, how to wrestle, right? And it's just like us as general dentists, right? We have to learn how to do the endo, the restorative, the business element of it and everything like that. But making sure that the team around you, whether it's your training regimen, is putting you in front of individuals that can get you to where you want to go, right? And making sure that you're giving them, you're, you're giving them your trust, knowing that they're going to help you grow, you know, physically, mentally, and walk you through why these problems are, are being addressed in a certain way. So to, to, to bring this all back to, you know, my you know, my profession or what we've currently grown within the industry. It's basically that, you know, when I, when I'm talking finances, I talk to our CFO, right? I don't talk to my general manager about, you know, putting together a, a forecast budget or projections or give me a breakdown of, of our, of our, of our, um, of our wages to make sure to see if we can afford this individual um, that we want to bring on. I'm having those conversations with him, but at the same time, I'm not going to have management related issues addressed with that individual, right? right? Because that's just not his core competency. So in my opinion, any way that, you know, the, the best way to grow is being able to stop micromanaging the best that you can, pass on responsibilities to people that truly care about, you know, your overall success and your well-being, but also those who are competent at handling those type of situations or, or problems. And yeah, you said, I, mean, I just to touch up on that. So you said like outside of dentistry, buddy, you said you do MMA. What else are you doing to, to, to unwind because of, you know, obviously your, your managerial skills are amazing and you talked about delegation, but what are you doing to unwind, buddy? MMA, what else do you so, do to chill out? That's to be honest, lately that's been, especially with this whole COVID thing, that's been the best kind of stress reliever kind of outlet. <laughs> 
that I could ever have. You know, now that the, the gyms have been closed for quite some time, now they're starting to slowly open back up. So my garage was my my little gym, and you know, every time we run into any type of stressful situations, because you know, there is with with COVID, there was a lot of things that were just outside of our hands, right? So that that has been my best outlet but a lot of other things that i do is i love to travel i love to spend time with uh with my my, my girlfriend my dog and i have i have a great group of friends i was just uh in ottawa last week you know a couple of rounds of golf that that, that we put in uh, white water rafting so just mixing things up a little bit and trying to kind of also enjoy the journey while you're doing it as well and 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 pew i mean we, we've had these uh we've had these meetings before with uh even some of my my partners one of the things that we we, sp we we make an effort to spend as much time together, to travel as much as we possibly can together as well, because dentistry just doesn't have to be about working in a practice and you know doing a nice implant or an MOD or a, a sinus lift or whatever it is. All of those conversations can be had, for example, in, in Vegas or um, in two weeks, we're going to be taking uh, um, a, a, a sprinter van all the way to, to Montreal, right, with a couple of the partners. So um, these these things are what give life a little bit more of a flavor and having these conversations and spending the time with your friends, you know, in and around work and also outside of work is, is very, very important to make sure that you maintain your, uh, you know, your mental and your physical sanity. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a, it's a ride, right? This whole life thing is just a ride we're on and, and, and taking the right people with you is yeah, and, it just, worth it. and just carving the time, being intentional and carving the time and being disciplined about it. I mean, that's whether you got four employees or 400, it's kind of the same story, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Without a doubt, without a doubt, it, it's, you're solving the same problems, right? Sometimes they're just on a higher level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of problems and hurdles, we, you know, we've all, we all go through those things in, in life, but I, you know, I imagine with what you're doing, um, like most people, you've had maybe a couple that stood out to you. So, you know, what are some of the, maybe what are, what are one or two of the, of the bigger hurdles you've had to overcome to get where you are? Yeah. So the, the, one of the toughest ones, so I'm, I'm, I'm 34 years of age and I'm always, <laughs> one of the biggest hurdles that I've always had was it's always time. You know what I mean? You only have 24 hours in the day and uh, every morning I wake up like, okay, I have all of these things that I need to do. And it's, I'm always working and operating in a sense of urgency and just saying like, I wish I had more time. Right. And the only way that you can solve it is to just try to be as efficient as you possibly can when it comes to your regiment and then your day-to-day -day activities. But I would say that the most common and, and the toughest hurdle, as, as you mentioned, David, that, that I've been running into, it has been human resources, right? As we continue to grow, it's easy to, to go ahead and hire, for example, an office manager, but it's very hard to hire a good office manager right off the bat, right? And, you know, as, as a dentist, you, you guys all would, would all notice in the mm -hmm. sense of, you know, you can bring somebody that looks great on paper, that, you know, presents very, very well, and all of these things, and then all of a sudden you put them in the driver's seat, and they don't know where's left and where's right or how to navigate through these times. So I would say that the, the hardest things that we've ran into is, is finding good, um, good employees early on, right? Without having to go through, you know, multiple individuals to find that right, that, that gem. And I mean, this is not just in dentistry, right? You look at, you know, sporting organizations, you look everywhere where every, every year there's that constant shuffling of individuals to put together to see which formula works and, and, and how we can go ahead and create and put together a winning team that can get us to our destination. So um, human resources for sure is probably one of the biggest hurdles that I've faced. Um, the other one that I've always uh, had a challenge with, which is actually a good hurdle in a way that has always been just financing all of these projects, right? Like I, I don't have a, a, a rich, you know, uncle in Saudi Arabia that can just go ahead and give me a bank, like an empty, you know, an infinite, infinite wealth in that sense, or just say, hey, here you go, here's a, a blank check, whatever you want. Every move that we had to make had to come with some very careful thought, big business plans. We had to look at, uh, look for great financial partners that we can bring in with these financial institutions. And I think that's always been our hurdle or it's, it's limited or stunted our growth in a way, but also at the same time, it's helped keep us in check as well, right? As you know, if, uh, you know, 
I, I'm a very ambitious person. I'm very motivated. I'm very high energy. And I'm like, okay, let's do this now. You know, we don't have time to, to put together these projections and all these other different things. And, you know, you guys as educators, you know, sometimes it's okay, guys, you know, sham, hold on, slow down a little bit. You know, let's, let's put together these uh, projections. Let's put together a business plan. Let's really think about it. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you get the, the odd no, we don't want to participate or help you out with this project, right? And if you really want it, that even makes you achieving or having someone say yes, even that much sweeter, right? And it actually pushes you a little bit because now you want to prove the naysayers wrong. So um, those have been the two biggest hurdles um, that, that we've run into to date. And I'm sure that there's always challenges as well. But I mean, Dave, the, the way that you have to look at it is I've never looked at these hurdles as a way that's, that's going to stop me and our organization from doing what, what we enjoy and what we want to do, right? These are, sometimes we just have to put a little bit more energy to either go over the hurdles or go around them. Um, and from there, we just hope that the next time that we run into these problems, we don't have to put as much energy in solving them. That's great. You know, one of the things that, that I am hearing from you, and it's, I think it's so important for our listeners, um, because you're obviously doing that at a much larger level with much bigger dollars at stake. Um, but, you know, I can vis vividly remember buying my, my first little practice at $100,000 and thinking about spending $20,000 on an operatory and just like, losing sleep and you know how I'm going to do that same thing I didn't have any money and um, but at, you know at some point <clears throat> what happens is you get such a clear crystal vision in your head about where it is you're going and what it is you want to do that the clearer the vision the less you see the obstacles right it, it, the obstacles are not something in front of you anymore you are looking for the path around the obstacle I mean, and I, and I think that's really important for people to understand that if you're seeing obstacles and you're finding reasons not to move forward, I think you have to start revisiting how clear your vision is. And so I have a question about your vision. Um, how often do you work on your vision? How often do you think about it? Is it something that has always been crystal clear or do you find it it's it's something that continually evolves. And then the last thing is, um, it's also then incredibly important to get your team to understand what that vision is. So maybe talk about that a little bit. Yes, so the, my vision is always in the back of my head. You know, every day you wake up, it's, you have that, it, it's a weird thing. I, I can't even really explain it. You know, I, I wake up with purpose, right? And my yeah. purpose is, to achieve that that vision, to continue to grow my organization, to continue to grow my team, um, to be a valuable um, a valuable part of the team for not not just my managers but also my partners um, and everything else. But I think what what's very tough too, John. Sometimes you said it. People they have a vision in their head, and as soon as an obstacle comes their way, right, all of a sudden they get flustered because it's not the way that they envisioned it to work out. Right. And I think that this is I got this from mixed martial arts in the sense that, you know, if, if you're in a corner and if somebody is, you know, throwing all these punches at you, sometimes you just have to roll with the punches. You know what I mean? Something, you know, if, if you go into the deep end, sometimes you just need to continue to find a, a way to dive back up to the surface or to, to flow back up to the surface. And that's no different than having like my vision is to continue to grow and be a valuable asset to, to my community and to my organization and to my partners, right? And every day when I wake up with that, it's, you know, you run into these hurdles and you say, how do I bypass these hurdles? And it's not really a big deal because at the end of the day, as you already mentioned, John, this is where we want to go. But more importantly too, John, is that visions change and they should because sometimes, you know, they, they say to begin with the end in mind, right? And I think uh, we, we develop tools throughout life and, and during this journey that we were not, we, that we didn't even know existed when we first started the journey, right? And, and sometimes those tools help expose certain type of um, things in life or, 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 or help, to help us make us more aware of, of the vision that we have. And sometimes we need to pivot away from, from what we initially thought. And that's okay, right? It doesn't mean that we should have like a cookie cutter vision that we need to follow. It means that, you know, we want to keep the general concept very broad, but every day 
you know, whenever we run into a scenario, whenever we pertain some very valuable information that we didn't know existed yesterday, we adapt, we analyze it, and then we go ahead and move forward. It's just kind of like dentistry, right? If we, if we were not malleable as dentists, we would still be doing MOD amalgams and, you know, putting uh, silver cones in everybody's canals, right? That's it. What, 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 what did we want to do? We wanted to continue to innovate, continue to adopt because our vision was, to make sure that we do the best dentistry possible, right? To we're scientists, right? To to come up with the best data possible to, to do what we what we can at the highest level. So um, to answer your question, I, I think a vision should be malleable. A vision should constantly change. So don't ever stop, but don't ever stop thinking about it. Um, but you also need to be able to pivot, right? So and every time you have hurdles, the hurdles are only going to make your vision a lot more clear. Yeah, I just want to double on that before we go back to Pio. That and and I may maybe for the for some of the gray-haired people that are listening, like I am. Um, you know, you're 34. I'm 25 years older than you. And what you're saying is is something that I believe is 100% true. You do have to have broad vision of what you're trying to accomplish, and then you have goals short-term and long-term goals that are driving you towards that vision. But one of the things that's really interesting that's been in my, that's happened to me twice in my career, that I've had very big visions about what I was going to do and where I was going to go. And, and both of those occasions, they happened. And then I went through, like, I sort of forgot to reset the bar. And I went through about four or five months where I was really kind of depressed. And I, I couldn't figure it out. I mean, the first time it happened when I, I got to the Dawson Academy and was able to teach with Pete the first time. And there I am in seminar one, I'm at the height of the thing and I'm getting done, I'm flying home. I'm actually a little bit depressed. And it sounds crazy, but I think part of the joy in all of us is actually the process. It's actually getting there. And, and so you have to remember part of vision is also having that motivation to then be able to reach to the next level. And that's what I think ejects you out of bread every morning is you're constantly thinking about big picture. How are we going to make a difference? And so sometimes your goal or your vision, you want to make sure it's not a, a fixed destination. Keep moving the target. And I think you stay motivated and happy. So anyway, Peel. Well, yeah, <laughs> this is all incredible. I, I mean, and Hishami, I mean, you have all these multiple practices. And one of the big things that our listeners, I mean, dentistry is becoming more and more competitive. And one of the biggest things that we have to do now more than ever is marketing. And I know you know marketing very well. So can you just talk to our listeners about, you know, how you market all your offices, both from an internal and external uh, perspective? So I want to start off by saying you can't, if, if you do, if you are not willing to track your marketing, don't do it. Right. right? Because you're literally just, you know, your money is going down the drain, right? So Spray, spraying and off, praying, right? Spraying and praying, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's very, very important before you go ahead and you start marketing, invest in the tools that will allow you to track your marketing dollars, right? Because once you're able to track, your marketing dollars, you'll be able to try different things and know what works and what doesn't. And I know there's a lot of different gurus that come up and give you a formula. This is, you know, the percentage, this is how you got to do it. And, you know, invest a little bit of marketing into here, a little bit of your dollars of marketing here, a little bit in there. The way that I keep it is I keep it super simple, right? To me, marketing involves either digital marketing or non-digital marketing. Okay. And just keep in mind too, if you haven't read uh, or listened to Fred Joyle's Everything is Marketing, that book has become a, you know, one of the fundamental tools that every dentist should be able to read or listen to when it comes to marketing, right? Because he does a very good job highlighting that it's not just, you know, putting an ad out in the newspaper or, you know, putting something online or making a video commercial. Everything that you do is marketing. So um, to start out with the digital side of marketing, um, things, for example, Google, Facebook, putting up your reviews, making sure you have a nice website, search engine optimization, um, making sure that you're, even with, with Google AdWords, you would be surprised over here in Canada how many ads that we get from people in, in Michigan. Like I'm, I'm in London, Ontario, it's about a two-hour drive to Detroit, but we're getting ads in Detroit, from Detroit, sorry. 
which in my opinion is the biggest waste of, of their dollars in the sense that what kind of what person in, in London, Ontario is going to drive to Detroit, Michigan, when there's probably around 10,000 dentists that they have to go by, right, to go see a dentist in Detroit. But that just tells me that whoever it is that set up the Google AdWords um, account did not specify the region that that office or the, the locations that that office should be targeting, right? So, and there's, you know, 25 kilometers, there's five kilometers, there's one kilometer, two kilometers. So making sure that, um, you know, the, the, your, your demographic that you're trying to target is sound, right? And, and you're aware of it. Um, and also at the same time, the services that you offer, you'd be surprised with the number of general dental practices that, that are talking about dental implants and their marketing for dental implants within their, uh, you know, their, their digital realm, but they don't even place dental implants. So, um, so for, for me, understanding things from the digital side are very important. So, and it doesn't take a while. It takes a day for you to understand how to set up a great uh, you know, Google ad campaign and how to basically put your, uh, you know, your Facebook uh, pages and everything like that, how to get those in line, um, your search engine optimization and your website, how to maximize that and to add a lot of different drivers and tools that will make sure that, you know, your website is being optimized at the highest level. But more importantly, making sure that um, anything on the digital world now, there's so many different types of um, dashboards that you can go ahead and download or buy that tell you not just how is your website performing compared to everybody else, but when people are in your website or on your website, where are they going? What are they clicking on? You know, what, how, how, how long are they spending on your website? And that allows you to have a better awareness and a better understanding of how people are navigating around um, around your, your businesses from the digital side, right? So, so that's the digital aspect. And, and to me, I think that this is obviously something that's, that's growing, it's extremely competitive, and it will continue to be competitive because everybody's, as you know, pivoted away from, from the traditional sides of, of marketing and have moved towards the digital. The non-digital, in my opinion, that's everything, right? Marketing is the way that your staff present. It is the way that your staff wear their name tags, the way that your office smells, the way that your office looks, the way that you maintain your office, the equipment in your office. All these are great marketing tools that, that you need to make sure that you keep uh, well-maintained, you keep organized, you know, you keep clean, because nobody wants to go into a dental office, for example, that's still using film, that's outdated, that the, the, the assistant or the hygienist has bleach stains all over her scrubs or all, all over her uniform or doesn't have a name tag. Or these things, I know that it sounds so, uh, you know, so basic, but you would be surprised the number of dental offices that just don't even follow these kind of things. It's the way that your office smells, you know, putting something like a, uh, some type of aromatherapy or oils or something like that. So when people walk into the office, it doesn't have the traditional dentist smell because sometimes they'll smell the dentist smell they think of their childhood when you know they felt pain or whatever it is and there's a whole psychology behind that that sometimes we forget about right but you know other non-digital things for example community events you know renting out the you know a soccer field or the hockey arena for the day and just have it for the community um, you know movie nights where you rent out the the movie theater and open it up for your patients in your community we just did a big um a big uh, soccer tournament uh, two weeks ago to help our friends out in Beirut with uh, so we raised over fifty thousand uh, dollars for everybody that happened with that big explosion so small things like that show the community that you care but in my opinion it's probably one of the easiest ways to market yourself because if, if somebody sees that you're doing something that's helping the community of course they're going to want to be a part of what it is that you're doing um, word of mouth is huge referral incentives right to give people just even a simple thank you card right here's a uh, you know here's a five dollar tim's card because you referred your loved ones over to us in canada we have some restrictions with that but i mean if you can do it when your state or your province do it take advantage of that right so um that's that's my recommendation when it comes to marketing is be able to track it understand that it's constantly changing and when you're tracking your marketing see what works stick to what works and see what doesn't work and try to kind of rotate what doesn't work until sometimes you find a gem that nobody else is targeting, right? So that you can take advantage of. And to remember everything is marketing. I mean, Fred's going to be proud when he listens in on this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's good. Listen, so you, you've talked about so many things that you do 
you know, as a practice, as a business, as a partner, um, a leader, and, and you have like such great scale with everything that you're doing. How do you, how do you keep everyone on the same page? How do you, you know, what kind of structure do you have for, you know, you know, team meetings, whether it's a, your leadership team, your financial team, your practice team, what's that look like? So I think communication is the most important part. So if, if your organization doesn't have good communication platforms, that needs to be established immediately, right? Things, you know, Zoom is an, always an incredible uh, communication tool uh, for meetings, whether it's, you know, uh, within the office or from home, uh, WhatsApp, um, different type of uh, different type of just, just different applications that you can use to communicate with your team needs to be one of your essential foundations. Now the next one is setting up a organization chart so you and your entire organization understand who to go to for certain type of problems or scenarios or help or to just ask any type of questions that that or to get any type of uh, answers that you want so having that and having it established is very important having for example something as basic as a company directory so you know you know how to get a hold of your you know hr person or your cfo or your ceo and everything like that having a, a nice quick bio about every one of your staff members and your administrative teams so people know who they're talking to um, is very very important as well um, but one of the, the, the most important things, as I mentioned to you, is communication, making sure that those communication lines stay open, and also at the same time, constantly calibrating and recalibrating your team, right? Um, in, in our MBA class, they teach us, you know, meetings are great, but at the end of the day, sometimes the biggest way to waste your time, you know, you're going to spend three or four, four hours, you know, in, in a boardroom having a conversation about uh, last month's performance. I mean, that's great, but how can we go ahead and you know uh, you know stream it to become half an hour, right? How do we you know instead of having a meeting about last month, can we have a meeting about yesterday or this week? Um, and even when we're having these meetings, it shouldn't be the entire organization of you know 150 people that are all in on this meeting, right? So making sure that you develop you know little breakout rooms or you know little subgroups or subcommittees that can go ahead and address um, you know certain problems or address you know certain operations that are that are being dealt with is very important but also more important as well as documenting everything right nowadays as i mentioned with zoom with uh, chat lines with everything that you can do email all of these things everything should be documented that way david if you miss a meeting right you don't have to worry because even you have to call po and say hey what did i miss PO doesn't have to waste his time telling you, you know, and at the hour that you missed, you can just go ahead, log into, um, you know, or we can send you the, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the, uh, the audio or the video or the chat line or whatever it was of that meeting. And you can be kind of uh, informed and up to date and you'll know exactly what your tasks are. The other thing too with meetings are, and with an organization is accountability. It's making sure that, you know, you, you, you keep on just like what this web, uh, this uh, podcast is you make sure that you keep on points, right? You make sure that you get done in, in a timely manner, but more importantly, put some action items at the very end. That way, everybody is aware of what their job is and what they need to do and when they need to have it done by. So using things uh, that like, uh, for example, uh, project management software would be very useful when it comes to making sure that meetings are a lot more fruitful than just sitting down in a boardroom, having a conversation and not you know, not seeing things get delivered or executed the way that you expect them to at the, at the time and the quality that you do. Great, great advice. You know, the get, you know, it's, it's funny. So John, I mean, think about our meetings, you know, 25 years ago versus how we operate today and in, in, in maximizing the technology. So important in that process. Yeah. And I love what you said too, because I've again, been involved with a, a bunch of different organizations and, um, it is amazing in our profession in particular, you know, we've got to remember that any moment that we're away from the chair or the clinician or the, or the dental team is away of the chair, the, the, the thing is coming to a screeching halt. And I think, you know, I've worked with some companies that are involved with dentistry, but not dentists. And it just sort of amazes me because they just meet to meet. I mean, there's just like meeting after meeting after meeting. And it's like, that's what they do. They meet and they talk. And, and I've been on meetings where I finally said, guys, you know, I don't, I mean, 
I can't just sit here again for another three hours. So let's be specific. Like, what are we doing after this meeting? It almost like can become a bitch session a little bit or something. Mm -hmm. And so I think here again, takeaway is whether you've got five people or 500 people, um, meetings are important, but I love brief meetings that are very specific, that are agenda driven, that are focused on solving a problem, not talking about a problem. And in, in our office, that's what, what we, what we say, there's no way to, you're not allowed to bring a problem to me unless you've thought about a solution. And, and, and again, it's very simple, but it, I think sometimes you can just start wallowing in the problems. Um, and, and we've got we've to take that. All right, I've got one more for you. And, and then we can sort of wrap up and you can, you can jump on the 401 and head down to Windsor, celebrate your mom's birthday. <laughs> I bet your mom's like younger than me too. That really kind of freaks me out. But <laughs> she, She's been 29 forever, ever since I can remember. So. <laughs> well, I, well, I actually turned 59 on Monday and it's going to be my last birthday. I'm not going on after that. So, 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 so anyway, so, you know, you obviously are unbelievably motivated. You're 34. You've accomplished so much already. Um, and I think a lot of people struggle when they have a vision, right? And they're, and they're thinking about something, whether it's simple or very complex, you know, that motivation, that juice, we like to call it, comes from somewhere. What keeps you doing things? What is it that's driving you to keep doing these things at a very high level? Even when I, there's got to be days you don't want to. There's got to be days you won't get up and go, eh, maybe not today, but you obviously keep chipping away. So how do you do it? You know, you know it's, um, I think it was Steve Jobs who said, you know, if I wake up three days in a row and every day I wake up and I'm not happy with my job or I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I even going in? Something in your life needs to change. And I, I can honestly tell you that I've been fortunate enough to not have two days in a row right? Everybody has bad days, you know, we're, we're dentists sometimes, you know, you're working and just nothing is going right. Everything that you're doing for some reason that day is just not working out, right? Um, but to me, having a purpose is my biggest driver is understanding that I wake up every morning and it's, it, it's, it's a purpose on so many different levels. It's waking up and saying, okay, who am I going to be able to help out today? What patient am I going to be able to, you know, change their life hopefully by getting them out of pain or placing an implant or giving them their smile back or whatever it is. But at the same time, it's not just my patients now. It's also, you know, what's, uh, you know, what student is going to be shadowing me today that I can teach them some, some tricks that they might be able to influence and change, you know, the, the dental industry down the road or what staff member am I going to be able to work with today that I might be able to teach them a few tricks of the trade that they'll be able to take it to their dentist or their office or whatever. Same thing with my administrators as well. Um, so I wish I could say, and I think that big part of this as well, John, is that I move around a lot. So I don't, I'm not into the routine of going to the exact same office, like Groundhog Day every day. I wake up every morning at the same time, do the same thing, go to the exact same office, you know, say the exact same thing with my, to my team and my assistant and see the exact same patients. Every day I'm going into a different community within my area, interacting with different staff members, interacting with just different individuals. And, and in my opinion, that's, that's what motivates me. That's, that, that is literally the purpose that I have in life is that how can I change everybody's life that I interact with on a day-to-day -day basis to make them better? Because I truly believe that, you know, we're, we're on this planet for, I'm on this, you know, I'm in this industry for another 30 or 40 years. How can I put my footprint where I'm not just, you know, changing the lives of the, you know, four or 5,000 people within my practice that I'm, that I'm working with or I'm servicing, but how can I change the lives of, you know, 40, 50 or 60,000 people that we're servicing, you know, as an organization, right? I'm not just going to do it by treating the patients, of course, I'm going to do it by, you know, helping my doctors, helping my partners, helping my staff members and our administrators, giving and delivering the quality that we truly believe is our standard. And, you know, that, that, that checks off all of the boxes when it comes to us as um, healthcare practitioners, us as individuals that, that care for our, our patients and our communities, um, you know, us as, as business individuals to make sure that we're, we're doing everything from an ethical perspective in the business world as well. Um, all of these things are I, what I truly eat, breathe and, and sleep about. Right. So, and, and that's what I enjoy. Like, you know, it's uh, when the pandemic happened, 
Uh, I know a lot of, it's, it's weird. We, we opened up so many different communication channels. We launched a dental fast track for the dental students. We did so many things. And I, every day I was, just, you know, Pio, Pio knows every morning I was waking up and I was literally just like a kid in Disney world every day because I was like, I'm, I'm going to be talking to Pio today. I can't believe, you know, that he's done so much in his career and I can't wait to hear what he has to say. And I can't wait for this and that. And, you know, to the point where, uh, it, when, uh, when I was my, when we were, uh, when I was in my MBA module, um, one of our professors was one of the top economists in Canada. And we were really studying the whole Wuhan situation and how it was disrupting the supply chain globally. And one of the things that I did was I was a little bit more proactive about making sure that my PPE for the organization is secure. And of course, you can never be too prepared because there's things that you just don't anticipate. So, you know, one of the things that I really enjoyed doing was I would have my entire back of my car was filled with, you name every type of face mask on the planet and, you know, different PPEs, different gloves. I felt like I was like a, almost like a dealer of some sort. Right. And I would literally, you were, you were, uh, you were the breaking bad of PPE. I, I was the breaking bad. <laughs> so it's so, so picture, picture me driving, yeah, driving up to somebody's, like to one of my, some of my friends' uh, houses. <laughs> you know, opening up my trunk and all of a sudden it's like, what do you need? Right. <laughs> so, so it's that, but I enjoyed that. It was just something that, you know, it was never, I was never stressed out about the money aspect or the business and everything like that. Yes, of course you worry about your staff because we had to, you know, lay them off for now, but then we, you know, we make sure that they're taken care of. But, but to me, that's what motivates me, right. Is waking up every day and knowing that there's going to be a different challenge. And, you know, I look at the challenges as things that I look forward to solving. I don't look at them as something that's going to bring me down or weigh me down. And, and if it does, that makes the challenge even more fruitful because it makes it, you know, it makes it more enjoyable when it's solved. I love that. You know, I mean, I think what we're hearing from you over and over in it, and it is, it, to me, it's the lifeblood of, of what I've tried to do in my career is just always focus on, you know, what, what is, what have you been, what, why are you on this earth and what are you supposed to be doing here to make a difference? I mean, and if, and if you get up and feel that, how do you not feel motivated? Right. I mean, and I, and I think as people, we know when we're aligned with that, and I think we also can start to feel when we're not. And I think that's what Steve Jobs was saying, too. I mean, if you have three days in a row, there's probably something you need to shift. And, and again, uh, the path is not supposed to be straight. There's going to be things that, that you have to do. But we're going to go around the horn here in a second and, and, start, and, start, uh, and start thanking you and, and hopefully turning you red. Uh, but before we do that, I wanted you to give you a chance. Any shout outs, any shout outs to people out there that may be listening to. Absolutely. I got to give a, a huge shout out, of course, to our entire uh, management team at Amity Management, our tech team at Amity Technologies, um, our academy, of course, at the Dentistry Academy. Uh, more importantly, all of uh, you know my, my partners, my mentors, uh, Nian, uh, Quek, Jeff Sumner, uh, Jake Carrier, Jazz Takar, Mike Rondinelli, John Sanderson, Adam Kleiman, Brandon Brillin, Jen Martin, Cyrus Ching, uh, and everybody that I work with on a day-to-day -day basis, my assistants, my, my hygienists, my office managers, my front desk team, and, and everybody that just makes life so much, so much fun, you know, and it's, it's one of those things too that that you don't really, you know, say thank you enough to them in the sense, but, uh, you know, it's without them, I wouldn't be enjoying what I do. And of course, my girlfriend, Melissa and our dog Callie as well. And, and all of our friends, family and in the dental community and, and in the communities that we service and deal with. On day -day so glad you, so glad you said your girlfriend, cause I was going to like, dude, don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll like just... Ben Affleck didn't thank his wife. <laughs> so I tell you, this has been really, really good to get to know you. What I'll offer to you is if there's anything I can do for you uh, at your academy, anything that I can do to help with uh, maybe give a little one hour for unocclusion or something like that, I'm happy to help. Absolutely. Uh, that would be but, yeah. But anyway, fantastic hour with you. Enjoy. Uh, your mom is in Windsor. And again, I thank you. And I'll, I'll go to David next and then we'll let Pio close it out here. Then we get to talk trash about you a little bit. <laughs> the best part of the program. Isn't it? <laughs> trash. <laughs> we should start off with the trash talk. No, <laughs> set the tone. No, Hishan, this was really, it's uh, been great getting to know you. I, I love what you're doing. I think it's, um, 
I, 34. I wish I remembered being 34. It, yeah. it feels like um, <laughs> just a few years ago for me, but you've, you've accomplished so much already. And I love your vision. I love your life outlook. And it's, it's crystal clear to me that everything you've done so far is probably a drop in the bucket to what's coming next for you. So well Absolutely. done. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I am, I'm so incredibly thankful and I'm, I'm proud of you, man. I just got to know you, uh, you know, during the pandemic. And it's really one of the best things that happened in the pandemic is meeting you and Ian and Jeff and dude, what you're doing is incredible. And, uh, and yeah, just keep doing what you're doing, man. I'm just look forward to us continuing, you know, being on this journey with you, man, because you're just awesome, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you guys for having me. Honestly, this was a lot of fun, even though I was doing most of the talking, but uh, <laughs> I'm usually I'm usually the one who likes to, to hear, for example, you, John or Pio or uh, David about what you guys have to say. So uh, I really appreciate the time. And uh, thank you guys so much for having me today. Absolutely. Congratulations. Keep it going. And we'll have you back thank you. on. Thank you. All right, everybody. All right, cool. so you can go ahead and he should, you can you don't have to stay. We're going to talk about you, so you can sign <laughs> off. <and laughs> hell off. <laughs> you can just get the hell out of here, man. Okay, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> the lights are going off. The vacuum's yeah. coming out. <laughs> awesome. Well, once again, guys, that was a lot of fun. So thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, that was that was cool. All righty. Yeah. See you later. All right, guys, great. enjoy Take your care, day. Man. Have a great one. Stay safe and. Uh, Thanks again. See yeah. you guys. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. All right, David, go to you first. What do you think? Man. Thoughts. I will. Thoughts. Um, you know, of course, process comes to mind for me, but I, you know, in having such an incredible process to get where he is and what he does all day. But I think for me, the, the resounding take home is um, take care of your people and your people will take care of your business. And he is so focused to all the people in his life professionally and personally as a driver and and, um, his successes is really just a great example of what happens or what's possible when that's your focus. Yeah. I mean, he's still definitely in the infancy too. So there's going to be, you know, but, but he's so founded on the right stuff in terms of trying to do the right thing. And I, I think maybe even the experience, that's why, you know, I was interested in knowing about the experience of when he was the employee. And I think sometimes when we were the other side of it, um, I think the other thing for me is really an understanding that I think as people view the corporate world and let's face it, the corporate world and dentistry is still so new, corporate dentistry, the different models are as different as each individual practice, you know? And so, you know, my experience in the last five years is similar from the standpoint of a model that at least allows you to feel like you're still the owner and still in the control and you're not just some employee, you have some say over your vision. Uh, and it, it sure seems like that that's what he's trying to do. He, he cares about his employees and their freedom to make choices as much as he does his patients. And that to me, that's really got me thinking a little bit. Like I was questioning myself, like, do I view my employees? And I think I treat them pretty well, but do I care about their growth and development and their well-being as much as my patient? And I like to think I do, but I'm going to revisit that. I'm going to think about that a little bit because he views them as customers just as much mm-hmm. as his patients. And I think when you're trying to grow an organization, um, it just when he starts talking to all these people that he has to talk to, it makes me, I get a little ill. I get a little, uh, I, I, I throw up just a little bit because I just can't imagine having to think about all that, you know, cause I, I'm definitely a clinical guy, you know, and, and, and I've carved out a little niche where I can make income, by keeping my team kind of small and doing dentistry and teaching dentistry. And there's not as very many moving parts, but there's enough for us to live very, very comfortable doing that. And so it's just so interesting to me to hear somebody that is just jazzed about having all that stuff going on. It's a little bit like Mike Verber at the Academy. And he's, he likes having all that. And so uh, I think it's important to, as you're, especially for the younger dentist, as you're thinking about that, think about if you're wired like that, then you need to be thinking like that and doing that. I think that's what will make you happy. If you're not, don't feel bad about it. 
because exactly. there's so many ways that we can do it. Just do with do run the practice the way you're wired, you know, and then that's that's how you're going to be happy. Pio, what are your thoughts? Oh, that's a great segue because I, you know, one of the things I learned from uh, uh, I did uh, Tony Robbins Business Mastery earlier this year, and and there's three hats that you can basically wear, and one is the skilled artist. Uh, the other is manager leader as a business owner and the third is being an entrepreneur and John you and I and I'm, I think David you're similar well David you have Ignite DDS so you have that entrepreneurial but you know we're, we like that skilled artist I, I'm not I like managing and leading but it's not my forte I'm not an entrepreneur I don't take risks like Hisham does uh, so I'm a skilled artist just like what you're describing John that's what you are too and uh, but here's the incredible thing about him because there's so many uh, investor dentists in Ontario and Canada and there's a huge corporation that's buying out a lot of practices. And I always hear about employees at these practices not being happy all the time, mm -hmm. all the time. And it's a lot of attrition. And what Hisham has done, which is incredible, is that he's really empowered his employees to the point that he has incredibly low attrition. Like his dentist stays, he makes them, empowers them, makes them become partners. And he's and he's all about these win-win relationships. And and listening to the him talk today, just I just had a staff meeting yesterday and it made me realize I wish I, I wish we did this podcast before the staff meeting because <laughs> you know it's like you know you know maybe I got to look go revisit and, and look at ways I can exactly what you're talking about John is to take care of my employees even better. Um, I was just been worried about getting through this pandemic, but now seeing how how much his staff you know really love him and how much he loves them, you know I, I know I can take it up to the next level uh, with my team. Yeah, I, you know, I think in dental practices, we have a, a, a couple of new assistants right now. Um, Dr. Knuth, who is my associate's gone, and my, my daughter just finished her fourth week in the practice. So some new team members, new dentists, and, you know, there's, it always creates a little turmoil. And, and, I, and again, what I always am amazed by, and we're just as guilty of it as anybody, is so many times, you know, the training in the, in the dental office when somebody comes in is, okay, go into that room and start suctioning. You know, it's like, and, and then, then it's like, okay, we're doing a crown. So take an impression and, you know, and, and this insistence and endodontic, she's, she's, she's very experienced assistant, but she worked at an endo practice, which means she's really good at handing files to you. But you know, beyond that there's x-rays, but she's never taken an impression before. And you got to remember when you start thinking about a practice at his level, I mean, he talked a lot about people and the right people and then all the systems in place to get those people trained. So he's getting information at an instant that means something. And I think so often there's just not enough time spent on practices being very clear about what the vision is, what their role is to help you with the vision, and then making sure they have the training to be able to do what you need them to do and then holding them accountable. And, you know, if you have people in your practice that are kind of 70% and making mistakes, it just adds so much unbelievable stress to your day. And if you just take an hour a week and work on some of those things, you know, then, then it's an hour you don't produce, but then the next week, those things don't happen. And, you know, I'm really reminded of that. It's motivating to me right now because it's making me think about having to turn back the clock with my daughter and some of the new team members and just spend some time on that. Even in my little practice, you know, it's you always got to sharpen the saw. Well, I tell you, this is great. Any other final thoughts? Uh, <laughs> if we had another hour. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I would spend, this one's gone a little bit long, so I'll just kind of say uh, again, thanks for everybody to, tuning in uh pl and david it's always good to see you guys and we'll keep finding really interesting people like this and i learn every single time so i think it's really exactly. really cool yeah you guys awesome. have a great saturday and i look forward to hearing everybody uh, and seeing everybody and talking to everybody next time appreciate it